What's up? Just kidding. What's up? <laughs> um, yeah, I had to show those commercials to my kids. I'm like, <laughs> any opportunity I have to be like, this is what was cool when I was younger. I'm like, watch this. Let's go on YouTube. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they appreciate it. Sometimes not so much. <laughs> Hi, I'm Celine Gabrielle. And I'm JG Sackis. This is Art. Okay, cool. A podcast about life as an artist, specifically an emerging artist. The ins and outs, the ups and downs, the day-to-day behind-the-scenes stuff. The good, the bad, and everything else in between. All right, let's go. Hi, Jade. Hi, Celine. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We have a guest on the podcast this week. Woohoo! Kat is an animator, illustrator, storyteller, amazing human overall. But before we get into that, how was your week, Celine? It's been pretty good. I miss you because we took the week off for Easter and I missed. Yeah, I just missed our art chats and doing the podcast. So I'm happy that we're back. Um, So what have I been up to? So I think I mentioned the last time my husband is home for a while. So we've been hanging out a lot. And one of the things we did was take a road trip up to check out a gallery where I might have a potential show, but not for a year. (laughs) (laughs) apparently some galleries you know are busy and so they book things well in advance but anyway that was fun sort of took a road trip up to check that out and then I've been I'm still working through these um teaching with schools I'm doing this workshop on actually a workshop it's called believe in your selfie and it's (laughs) it's about it's geared at like high schoolers so it's a little bit about um self-portraits through and well how artists were like the originators of selfies and then how photography came in and then we use um Roy Lichtenstein's pop art style to do a final piece so that's kind of fun but I have a few more hours of that and that's what I've been doing and then the last thing that is the most exciting slash fun is I love installation work mm-hmm. and like personally, I just really enjoy being in it or around it. Anyway, so I've had this idea for something that I'd like to create as an installation and I've been collecting bits and pieces to mess around and see how it comes together. And I started playing with that this week. So that was really I mean, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere or turn into anything, but I'm having a lot of fun messing around with it. So that's been good. And what about that's you? Fantastic. Yeah. What's going on with you? Oh, my God. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing fun. I've been I've been sick all week. Um, so, yeah, I've been I got I, I mean, you know, what? this is this is like uh, a not for kids episode, <laughs> but I got a boob infection. So I've been nursing my boob infection all week and all the antibiotics are making me like loopy and headachey and tired and gross. So I've just been getting cozy. Um, uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm working on my crocheting because I have enough energy and presence of mind to do that for chunks of time so I've just been trying to take it really easy because I have been feeling a little bit under the weather yeah well I understand when you don't feel good it's hard to get anything done but crocheting crocheting is fun yeah I um I well I started a project around Christmas that's like really complex it's like very very time consuming there's kind of three different parts to composing the blanket itself and so I was like well I'm gonna take a little bit of a break because it's so intricate to do that it often like makes my my thumbs hurt yeah so I started um a different design that is a little bit easier and a little bit more straightforward that I can kind of take a break on and that way 
I'll have a blanket that I can give to my mom and a blanket to give to my grandma, and neither of them will be jealous in theory. Aww, <laughs> so, that's nice. Everyone will be be happy in theory. So I've had a very, very low-key week. Good. I always laugh whenever anybody talks about crocheting because I can't I'm terrible at spelling and therefore sometimes terrible at reading. So the first time I ever saw it written down, I'm like, this crotcheted. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's like, I think that says crocheted. I'm like, oh, is that how you spell that? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so today we have an interview. Yeah, we're, we're sitting down to have a conversation with Kat. Who I who I met in college and have stayed in touch with. I we're we're related by a dog. My dad and brother's dogs had babies, and now she has one of the babies, and so that's kind of like a cute, fun interconnection. Um, but we're going to talk about the world of animation, about expectations uh, in post secondary versus reality. All that good stuff. Um, It's a really good chat. Hi, everyone. Jade here. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a primer before this episode. This week, we're talking with Kat Saigaki, and we have a lot of fun. Um, That said, we do use a lot of coarse language. So if the joyful cackling of women and curse words are not your thing, this would be a good episode to maybe skip. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at artokcool. Cat, I mean Stop. name, pronouns. Give me, give me your identifiers. What do we got going on? Okay, so I go by Cat. You started off great and strong, awesome. And uh, my pronouns are she and her. And how did you get started in the world of art? Like, what is your, what's your art life about? So I actually um, always, even as a little kid, I was always like drawing and just uh, doodling and stuff like that. And it was actually my mom that always uh, encouraged me to expand my artistic mind and like consider it as a career. But um, preface, I don't have the greatest relationship with my mom. So I said, I'm not listening to you. Screw this. And then when I was older and actually met my best friend, Darnell, at, um, I used to work at a photography photography shop called Black Photography, and uh, we were co-workers, and he was in his first year of animation, uh, and at work I was just like doodling stuff one day, and he was like, oh, you're actually like really talented, you're really good, and I looked at him and was like, my mom always told me that, but I'll listen to you instead. And that's kind of kind of how that ended up uh, uh, going in that direction. But um, before going into animation and actually textile design, which is where I met uh, Jade, Jade also g- gave me my dog. So she's like just amazing in my mind in every possible way. <laughs> um, yeah, we're related by a dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the love of my life, my big fart dog. Um but prior to animation, I actually was uh, looking into being a creative uh, creative writing teacher for um, high school. So, yeah, kind of a uh, story is kind of where all of my artistic interests really funneled into. Yeah, In a- I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, even so, you and I met at Sheridan College um, mm-hmm. when you were in the textiles program. Mm-hmm. And even in that program, um, narrative seemed to be really important to the work that you were kind of putting out. Oh my God, thank you so much. I was hoping that someone would notice. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I love story. I think that um, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I feel like story is actually like what connects everybody, like on a primal human level. It's like, it's literally what, um, keeps us all engaged with one another and it's what connects us it's I just oh I could like talk about how great story is literally all goddamn day can we swear can I swear oh my gosh yes yes (laughs) okay cool yeah I think that story is really fucking awesome and like oh I could just go on and on about it that's ultimately what kind of led me here today so I love I love um that beginning of 
that kind of interest in sharing the ability to tell stories. So like your desire to do those creative writing courses to Mm -hmm. kind of putting um, more like literal pen to paper, but in a more artistic way. Um, So kind of, I don't know, I guess like walk me through your journey because you're somebody who like myself also did a ton of schooling, right? Yeah. Um, So I did, I think, well, I don't think uh, animation was the last program that I did because after that I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I just, uh, it costs a lot and it's just hard. Yeah. So I I went through textiles. I did uh, art fundies, which was a useless prerequisite to nothing absolutely nothing um and uh i've taken like a few writers like writers um workshops i guess over the past couple of years but um it's primarily just been like uh textiles and animation to be quite honest and then like some woodworking classes because i'm gay and i have to so (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a useful prerequisite right yeah i was just like yeah (laughs) yeah i was like let's uh let's get on this gay thing. I need to figure out how to build myself a shelf because no one else will. So, (laughs) (laughs) And then, so now what are you doing for money as an artistic person? How are you, how are you surviving in the world? What's, what's going on with that? So I actually still work in studios. I, uh, I currently work as a storyboard revisionist actually for two studios. What is that? What is that? Oh, okay. So, um, do you guys know what storyboards are? Maybe not everybody listening does. So great. Let's, go ahead. let's get into it. So a storyboard um, with like a movie or a TV show, uh, someone needs to take the script of whatever it is that you want to make and essentially plan out the shots, plan out um, where characters will be. You're, as, you're essentially like setting the scene. So a storyboard is someone taking the script and putting visual images to the words that someone has written, essentially. And then a a storyboard revisionist is um, when a board artist finishes their board and it gets through um, the clients and uh, directors and stuff, and they they put in their two cents and put in their notes and stuff. The revisionist is who goes in and fixes and makes all of those changes, essentially. So that's what I'm currently doing. I'm, like, revising other people's work. So what type of shows are you doing that for right now? So unfortunately in Toronto, there's um, a lot, the majority of the studios in Toronto kind of, uh, oh my God, what are the service studios? There we go. We're kind of like service studios for other big names, like in the States and stuff. So a lot of our content is kind of aimed towards uh, like younger kids. Like it's more like preschool, just kids in general. So I worked on things like uh, the Hotel Transylvania show. There's a show called Binky that came out uh, last year or two years ago that I worked on. Um, Just like a bunch of kids shit, ultimately. As you can tell, it's very thrilling and I'm so excited about it. (laughs) Very passionate about it. I'm so passionate about it. But I guess, which is a great segue as to why uh, my friends and I are kind of branching off to try to do our own thing. just because like after you've worked in a lot of the studios in the city you kind of notice that it's it's more or less kind of the same shit everywhere you go and there really is a cap in terms of creativity and with story because uh you know I'm I don't know about you guys with your industries but for us over for animation a lot of it is who you know so it's like a lot of the same writers keep getting hired every if I have to do a goddamn episode one more time with fucking race of some kind or a party some sort of big party some goddamn racing party like stop writing about this shit it's not interesting also it's a pain in the ass to work on every single time but um oh damn I like I like went right in um (laughs) go off go off Oh boy, I need a sip of my coffee. This is early. Oh, geez. Um, so, Kat, how long have you been actually working in the anime, like for these companies? That's a good question, isn't it? Uh, it's the, this is probably my seventh or eighth year. I graduated in 2014, and so seven, seven years. I can count. That's oh. good. Okay, yeah. So, you've got the seven year itch, and so you're going to go out and mm-hmm. start your own thing, right? Yes. That's where you're at right now? Correct. And yes. so, yeah, can you tell us more about that? 
Yeah, of course. Um, so it's actually me and uh, that best friend that I mentioned earlier, uh, Darnell. Uh, it's actually more so. I would. I think it's pretty safe to say that he was uh, kind of the mastermind, for lack of a better word, uh, behind everything. Um, but he started mentioning wanting to open his own studio, like. I'd say back in like 2018, 2019 or so. And it gradually went from being like, um, like a pipe dream or a, you know, something that we never thought would happen to slowly being like, wait a minute, why, why don't we actually like try this out? Like, he's really good at rallying people together. He's like such a good, like, uh, what's the uh, Direct leader <laughs> yeah that's the word again it's very early and i normally wake up at 10 o'clock so this is amazing for everybody that i'm here i apologize i'm a little slow but yeah. we appreciate you we appreciate you <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate you both um but yeah so he he's uh, generally a leader and he wrangled up uh me and three other uh friends um to create uh well like a, a little um, makeshift studio. And um, we started looking into things seriously uh, about two years ago. And I'm, I'm like the most junior out of everybody. Everybody else kind of has like 10, 10 plus years experience on me, but that's cool. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like the same. I feel like we all kind of felt as though uh, we were being really like stifled <laughs> in the industry a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So when he started bringing up um, creating a studio space a little bit more seriously, I think that's when we all were just like, actually, you know, I hit that seven year itch. And I think everyone else was just like, this itch has been itching for five plus years past us. Like we've hit that mark already too. And um, yeah, so we started like looking into things more seriously and have just slowly been getting the ball rolling since I think the beginning, just before the the pandemic hit. So just before March of 2020 was when we started really like looking into um, how to make this thing a reality and like what we would need to do. And so when you are starting up this new studio, when mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that you've been working on a lot of kids type stuff, mm-hmm. I'm guessing you're not going to be working on kids type stuff anymore. Oh so my if God. not, what are you going to be working on? <laughs> That's such a great, uh, great guess because yeah, <laughs> you are right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we sure don't want to be doing that anymore. Um, so we wanted to make a studio going back to how I was like, God, I fucking love story. Story is so great. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we wanted to create a space that uh, essentially that like whose primary, we wanted to create a studio where the primary focus was to create like engaging stories that will captivate audiences. Um, and we are, pri- we are now focusing on uh, creating a game. So that's kind of what we are applying to grants and stuff with, because you need a, a concept to <laughs> apply to grants with. I can't get into too much detail. I'm so, so sorry. But we have uh, an idea for a game that's essentially situated in Toronto that involves animals. And we think that uh, everyone will be really interested in it. So maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I think it's really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's an- in, ter- in terms of games like that, um, like something that comes to mind for me, I don't know if you've ever played it, is maybe that... Um, into the woods game. oh night in the woods like that girl i was or night in the woods yeah yeah 100 percent. i was sitting here and i'm like you're gonna say night in the woods i know you're gonna say <laughs> <laughs> yes so that, that was, that's that's a very for me like i'm i'm like baby level gamer like mm-hmm. i'm it's not my life it's not my personality but i yeah. do enjoy gaming mm-hmm. and that was one of the first games that i played that was literally there's nothing to it but narrative. Right? That's all there is. Oh my gosh. Did you beat it? Yeah, oh my god. And now I'm like I I'm like I don't know. Maybe it's because I have social anxiety in real life, but I did everything like as nicely as possible. Like if somebody asked me to hang out, I'd feel too guilty to blow them off in the game. Oh my <laughs> so I'd always go. I do but now- I do the exact same thing. Any game that lets you be evil, I'm like, oh I can't do this. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to go back and play being a dick 
this time. <laughs> That's awesome. But like essentially that premise too, you know how you can go back and like do things differently and stuff like that. And like it opens up a different story and different paths. So we're kind of going to do similar things as well. We essentially just like, we wanted to create a space that, uh, you know, like I said, like focus really, really a studio where the primary focus was just really strong storytelling. But then also we just wanted to create a safe space. Of, uh, like the majority of us are queer or like BIPOC. Um, so we kind of just wanted to create a space where we could create without anyone else having to step in and say, hey, that's a terrible idea. Here's a, a, a worse idea that will crush what you've just done or suggested. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's cool. So a totally different perspective. And I didn't yeah. know you were going to go there with the gaming. I was sort of still thinking of like TV shows. So that's cool that you guys are focusing on, you know, like the gaming industry. So do you think with this new company, you'll do both or will you just focus on gaming? Yeah, ultimately, we would like to like expand into um, just animated things. But uh, we we figured that a game would be the best thing to start off with even just in terms of hitting a few more grants um so like there's there's a yeah. lot more options for, for things that we could apply to and um um darnell's partner nick who is actually also one of one of the core five of us um he had an idea for a game like a few years ago so we kind of started building up on that because we were like oh this is actually like this is pretty solid. Like you, there, there's something here. So it just happened to work out that it was the game. But ultimately, we do want to expand into making more like animated content. And actually, um, D. Yao also suggested, who is again like a. It's, I should probably say who we all are. Let me backtrack a little bit. So the studio is called Ocean Mouse, and it's uh, myself, Cat. Uh, Darnell, Nick, Diao, and Clayton. And uh, a while back, Diao had also mentioned perhaps doing uh, like interviews in, around the city with um, uh, restaurateurs who were immigrants to Toronto. So we we were thinking of even like expanding into doing little little animated snippets of something like that, just to highlight like what um, you know the the multicultural aspect within the city and like what that's like being coming to a um, a metropolis like Toronto as a well, as someone who wasn't born here really <laughs> and starting up a business yeah. and stuff so we we we're, we have interest in just like kind of expanding to uh highlighting store like minority stories to be quite honest so yeah yeah and I think that's an interesting perspective um going through like the the restaurateur route because yeah. I think there's something that's like really vulnerable and lovely about sharing like cooking for people and sharing your food with people. And I think that ties really nicely back into just like the idea of narrative because food is, is so rich in narrative as well. I completely agree. I agree. So I am curious if you, or when you, I should say, when you continue on and you sort of elaborate and you have games and these like narrative animated stories will you try to find um like a current platform like tv or netflix and that sort of thing or are you more looking to use like i don't know just your own website or youtube or how are you gonna share what you guys create i think ultimately like netflix would be a dream if we could make it that big um <laughs> <laughs> let me just call them up right now real quick and see if <laughs> Yeah, I know a few people. I'll hook up. No, oh my god, that's <laughs> are you Mrs. Netflix of <laughs> Oh my god. I wish. I wish. <laughs> what luck. Um uh, yeah, ultimately it would be cool to like expand to like Netflix and stuff, but I think right now we're going because we are just like a startup, we're going to aim um uh just digital so like YouTube content and stuff like that at first and then just see where that goes. But, cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then, I mean, do you think uh, artistically there's opportunities for you guys to, like, submit to, like, I don't know, like, is there, like, Sundance of animation or do they do animation at those types of things, like <laughs> short film festival type deals? Like, what is, what's kind of, like, your ideal track for success um, with this? 
I, oh man, I might be speaking for my, I know this is like a really barfy question. (laughs) It's just like, it's so hard because I'm like speaking on behalf of like four other people as well. And if like, if I say the wrong thing and they're just like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about on this thing? Um, But I, I feel pretty confident to say that. I don't think that we're actually looking for like something that will mark us as a success. I feel like we're all pretty passionate just about creating something to put out for people to like to share with people ultimately like we're all such talent we're such a talented group of people like sometimes I like look at the shit that they talk about and like the shit that they post because we all we have we obviously have like a group chat going on constantly just with updates and stuff that we're all doing and there's times I have to sit back where I'm like how the fuck did I get like so lucky to get paired with these guys because they're just so good yeah I think ultimately it's just we just want to share good stories with people because I think that's that if you have really good content, that alone is successful. If you can reach out to anybody and someone's just like, yo, this really moved me, that's a success to me. You know what I mean? Like if someone actually like yeah, totally. resonates with the story that you're telling, it's like perfect. I don't give a shit. Money is great, don't get me wrong. But like I feel like ultimately that's the trade-off that I I want someone to feel I want to make you cry ultimately I want to make you cry laugh piss yourself whatever that's what I want that's a good successful story to me I feel that I feel that (laughs) same I agree so when you were talking about speaking for them and whatnot Mm -hmm. what do you think about having this group of friends and working together because you know people are always telling us we're not supposed to work with friends or family so what do you think how's that been going I mean it sounds like you've been friends with these people for a long time so yeah just what do you think about that so far uh for, well I mean it's terrible it's the fucking I suddenly just flip it I'm just like so this is the real tea it's actually the one now um it obviously I think that obviously like um comes down to you know personalities and like you know yourself best and what you can and can't take on in terms of who you will be working closely with um but with this group I find that like it's it it actually works really really well and like we're just ah it's so nice to just like work with people who really take into account absolutely everything so if you're having a bad mental health day no one's gonna fucking come for you and be like well where the hell's all this work it's just like we we're literally just like so tight knit and so understanding that like it just works it works so so well and anytime someone like might be fumbling a little bit someone's so quick to step in and be like it's okay I got this and like just just do what you can or whatever it's almost like you can treat people like they're people and not productivity machines oh my god right <laughs> isn't that the craziest concept oh yeah. that's bonos. <laughs> yeah but yeah, that's ultimately, great. that's that's exactly it. Like, we just want that's that's why we created this. Like, we just wanted to create a space where, like, that exactly this, where we could treat each other, <laughs> we could be treated like the way that you want to be treated in a in a work environment, and like create things. Um, in fact, like going back to school a little bit. Um, let me let me jump in and just say for our listeners, like, so we went to Sheridan College, and Sheridan College is kind of regarded as like a like an animation industry pipeline. And in the culture of Sheridan College, everybody who goes to Sheridan College kind of knows that the animation and the illustration departments are like the most rigorous difficult program in like the entire school like I'm we're always there in the craft and design program but they're always always there also in the animation studio and there it's just like non-stop relentless is the impression that I got um yeah that's pretty accurate that's an accurate impression that you had (laughs) um (laughs) but I I feel like the way that the school has it set up is actually not an accurate representation of what the industry is actually like and I feel like that kind of not sets people up for a harsh reality check when they do hit the industry but does set people up for a harsh reality check in the industry when they do actually start working (laughs) so I kind of wish that uh, the program was maybe a little bit more realistic because they make it seem like when you go through animation, they make it seem like you will be creating so much, like your input will really matter. But then you hit the end, when you start working, it's more like you're kind of a small part to a bigger machine, really. 
Right. Um, which is fine. Like, don't get me wrong. That's fine. Like, work is if we all got bills to pay, like, ultimately. But I just wish there was more of that transparency when you are in the program. Because it's like, like Jade said, like, there's there's students that literally don't sleep because they're just like in the studio for fucking days on end working on their thesis film or like their group project or whatever the hell and like that's that's just not that's just not it (laughs) that's just not that's probably like the last time I think I I had as much creative freedom when it came to like actually working in animation it was like back when I was in school you know and it's like as great as that is I would have much rather they had been a little bit more realistic of what it was actually like when you were working here yeah like they kind of i i'm getting the impression that they kind of like tell you you'll be designing castles and in reality mm-hmm. you are sweeping floors 100 oh i love that I'm, i want that on a t-shirt that's so good yeah that's exactly it in fact that should be on my diploma like <laughs> but uh yeah and like obviously you can move up and stuff but it's just like I I find that like the more you move up the like more cutthroat in corporate it gets so it's like uh, I don't know but I think this is this is interesting too um and I, I I feel like in in an art school context a lot of times the the feeling is the ultimate goal is to be the most successful world famous artist in whatever field who's mm-hmm. like, you know, internationally recognized, but bringing it back to what you said earlier, like you can find a tremendous amount of success and satisfaction serving a very small niche market. Totally. Absolutely. Sometimes it takes actually living the life as an artist to realize that and just like, let go of the idea that what you want is universal appeal and accolades. Absolutely. 100%. And with that, like, you got to figure the world is so big. The world is so massive. Like, we are literally such a fraction of, like, what is actually out there. And I, I feel like you're always going to reach somebody. All you have to do is just put your shit out there and there, you'll, you'll always have that impact on somebody. You know what I mean? It's just... Mm-hmm. God, is it just ever hard to put that foot forward and do it? But, <laughs> you know, when you have a, a group of, if in my case, when you have a team like this who always, like, sets you back on track and is just like, you, you, you know what? Like, you feel like shit today, but it's all right. You could, you're, you're not a shitty artist. That's the other thing. I feel like I feel like I'm such a shitty artist, even though I'm in animation, <laughs> because, like, you never really see your work. It kind of gets kind of absorbed into this god machine of whatever project you are you are working on and like i said you just become such a small piece to a bigger puzzle um and Mm -hmm. and that kind of ultimately gets to you a little bit as well when like you know you're pumping out so much shit but you don't really ever like board revisions i never see my work because it's like uh, a storyboard is essentially the map for the episode. So no, no one ever ultimately sees a storyboard. <laughs> you know what I mean? When it's done, like at right. the end of the day, you, you see the animated finished product, but like you don't see anything before that. So I guess it's it maybe my ego is uh, kind of pushing up against me a little bit, but it kind of does suck when like, you know, I've been working for in this industry for seven years and I can't even point out, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah. So kind of in that yeah, that's, that's so interesting because I think a lot of well, so far it's been me and Jade mostly talking about our own experiences on the podcast, mm-hmm. and at the moment, anyway, we're not working collaboratively. We're working on our own work independently, and so this industry is so interesting to me for a lot of reasons. But that it's such a collaborative thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Like you're passing on, you're starting with this and then you're passing it on and somebody is continuing on with what you started or vice versa. You're finishing up for somebody else. I just think that's really interesting because that's a whole other dynamic to creating when you have to work with others in that way. It's a lot of trust. Yeah, totally. It's a lot of trust and a lot of... um... Oh, You have to let go a lot. You you can't hold on to... uh you can't feel precious about your drawings ultimately like you need to get used to just like 
either having your shit get completely changed for at the drop of a hat because clients just decide they want to all of a sudden um or um or yeah or it gets passed through like a bunch of different people and changed up so it doesn't it doesn't even look like whatever it is that you drew anymore like you you kind of you learn to just kind of let go but that's a good skill to learn though i think a lot of times or some uh artists can get stuck in this perfectionism paralysis Mm -hmm. you know where they just keep thinking and or reworking and it's hard to move on. <laughs> but it sounds like you don't have the option sometimes depending on the project you're working on, right? It's like, time's up, move on. Next yeah, page, just right? got to do it. And like, I feel like it's, um, it's like a double-edged sword. It's a good skill to have, but I feel like sometimes having the extra little bit of time to like make something actually look nice and make sense and flow better would be great. Yeah. <laughs> like it would, it right. would be a little bit great, but. You know, if you don't have time, you don't have time. And like you said, that you got to push forward. So as as an artist, as a creative who really values narrative, um, like what are I don't know, like what are some tips that you would give to somebody about narrative, like constructing narrative or conveying narrative? That's so interesting. What a good question. I feel like. For me personally, as long as it really matters to you, who gives a shit? (laughs) You know, like, I know that's so easy to say, but um, I feel like as long as it's something that, like, really, really matters to you and, like, really just believe in what you're writing, ultimately. Just, like, believe it and, like, just make it matter to you and, like, people will come. Ultimately, people will want to hear that story. You know, like that sounds so vague and like so like prancing through a field throwing daisy or whatever, but um it's true. It's like you're you'll always find someone that will want to hear hear your story, you know? Like I think for the most part too, people just always assume that this is gonna get real deep real quick. But I feel like we have an inherent belief that we are worthless and I think it's just like the society's you know, we're set up in a in a world where we're kind of meant to feel like we are minuscule and just not as good as anybody else. So there's always this inherent idea that no one wants to hear what you've got to say, that like you're not important or you're not interesting or whatever. But I, I completely disagree with that. I think we're all we all have a story to tell. We all have something that like might resonate with somebody else. Like just you, it's just a matter of having to put it out there which again I know is easier said than done but um <laughs> but yeah once you do like you, you like you're bound to just connect with people and then watch something beautiful grow in front of you hopefully yeah I think that's great advice <laughs> thank you yeah and I think true really touches I think a lot of people will relate to that mm-hmm. so that's good Thank you. Anyways, if you could cut that all out, that would be great. (laughs) Chop it, chop it all. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was really touching and nice. Okay, get rid of it. Get the fuck rid of it. (laughs) So sort of along the lines, along those lines of giving while you're dishing out advice here, what about people, like you guys touched a little bit earlier of the reality of the real world working in animation versus school. So somebody either in school or maybe just starting to work in animation and storytelling, what do you, what nuggets do you have to offer them from all of your wisdom? Don't make your work your life. What's that saying? Uh, Work to live, don't live to work. That's Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's saying 100%. Because you see, I see it every year with, like, new grads that put their entire life and soul into whatever studio that they get snatched up in, which, like, I get because you just came out of a school that literally told you you will never get hired ever, so take whatever you can. But um, I think, you know, you can't make your work your entire fucking life because you will lose your sense of self. You will you lose who you are as an artist, which I get is like a very broad statement, but I, I, I see it happen all the time. And make sure that you always do something for yourself um, outside of work, like whatever that may be. Like, 
I think story is such a beautiful thing because literally everything is a story, even down to like a stay at home mom who decided to give up all of her life to like, you know, be a, be a, be a, a caregiver to her kid or like a, a chef who makes elaborate meals. Like that's, that everything has a story and it's like such a, a such an integral part of all of us. <laughs> um, so I think that as long as you are doing something for yourself, that like fuels that like passion and that creativity within you that is outside of working for someone else I, I think that is 100% something that everyone should be doing any artist who like works in um an industry where they, they're they're essentially stuck working for someone else's project I think you always need to have something that's just for you you know yeah yeah I bake bread so <laughs> <laughs> you make beautiful bread mm. thank you so much that started with depression so that's great <laughs> 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 it was a visual representation of a uh, depression that I could eat. So, <laughs> oh my god! So, my one last question that I think would be fun to know is like, what are some of your favorite animated, whether it's games or shows or whatever? Oh my god! What have you loved? Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, aside from your own work, of course, yeah. your own, it's just like my journal, my private journal. <laughs> Let me read you some of my favorite. Um, no, I. So you actually mentioned one of my favorite games. I loved Night in the Woods. I thought that. Um, I think that that was such an amazing use of storytelling. Was it you, Jade? Were yeah, you, you were the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think um, I love that. Uh, you just you, you even like you said it yourself. I'm that you're not really much of a gamer, but you played it completely through, and I think that that that's exactly like it did the perfect thing where the the narrative was so captivating you didn't it didn't need to be a button smasher you didn't have to do like whatever the fuck it was just like the entire game was completely based on narrative and so i think that's such a beautiful example there's another game called firewatch where um if you liked night in the woods because it's like not a lot of controls or whatever firewatch is very similar where it's um you are um, like a fire of uh, a forest ranger, like back in the 1970s, and you are stationed out in like I forgot where it's like uh, Yellowstone National Park or whatever, and um, you essentially are just exploring the mysteries of this park for like a couple of hours. Which I'm not selling it very well, but it's very <laughs> very good, and everybody should check it out. Um, in terms of animated shows, though, I think Gravity Falls. Uh, Gravity Falls is probably like one of my top shows in terms of narrative and just how beautifully done it was done. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's only two seasons long, but like you could you could tell that like from the get go they had a, a very they have like an end already set up in mind and it's you're just like on the you're along for the ride to see like how they get there and I think that they do such a fantastic job and you know if something can actually if there is a show that actually has an end to it I personally think that that's as much as it sucks half the time I actually think that's a very successful story <laughs> it's an example of a well-told story that like wraps up nicely <laughs> Simpsons um, but, um <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, classics. I love um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Oh, I don't know yeah. if I think that's such a fun classic cartoon. Samurai Jack is such a really good um, show when it comes to narrative. There's episodes where no one even talks and you're still just, like, completely enthralled with what's happening in this 20-minute cartoon. Like That sounds good. So I'm not well-versed in animation but now I have a list oh. so thank you and also one more because I just recently started watching it it's on Netflix and it's called Kid Cosmic um I yeah it's really it's really really well done I don't get very excited for things anymore because I'm dead inside but <laughs> I started watching this show <laughs> and I literally like stopped every like I had to like I also have ADHD, so this isn't this doesn't happen very often where I just like sit down and tune into something. And like this looks like yeah. a recent show that uh, I I just caught and I was like, oh, this is so well done. The story's fantastic. The art dire direction is so good, and it's the same guy that fucking did the Powerpuff Girls and shit. So oh, yeah, <laughs> like he's uh, he's killing it. 
Awesome. Thank no you. No problem. Also, if you want something that's not animated, but really, really good storytelling, I would suggest watching Search Party if you haven't. That's, oh, okay. It's a really fun, fun, it's a live action with Aaliyah Shawcat. And if you start watching it and start thinking you figured out the plot, I'm going to tell you right now you're wrong. <laughs> Um, <laughs> every single episode whatever you think you're gonna be wrong um but watch it and tell me what you think <laughs> i actually love shows like that. yeah same same i'm very if you i i love any sort of story or any narrative where um you can't guess guess the twist at all but then it still makes sense i hate when people throw in twists where you're just like what the f- where did that like pretty little liars oh <laughs> oh my god <laughs> don't even get me started on pretty little liars <laughs> I do want to get started on Pretty Little Liars because that's all I want to shit on for the rest of the life. <laughs> okay, Kat. Well, on it. Like, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. This is fantastic. Um, where can where can we find you? Where can we find Ocean Mouse? Give give me the details. Yeah. So thank you for having me. This has been really really fun. Um, I'm on Instagram because I don't know how Twitter works. Um, and I, you could find me at Henry the Cat, um, and it's Henry H E N R I, not like Y. Listen, if you want to come follow photos of me and my dogs, by all means, because that's all that's up there. They're very cute, and I'm not biased about it. Um, and then for Ocean Mouse, it's just Ocean Mouse Studio, but with uh, periods between the names, so Ocean studio and you could also find us up on Instagram. We actually just had a contest. I would plug it, but it's over now. But come check out the winner today. We're going to be uh, um, announcing the winner for our most recent contest, so that's kind of exciting. And that's uh, we actually, all of us, uh, update there pre- pre- pretty regularly. So- All right, so Jade, what is super cool in your world this week? Well, like I said, I oof, haven't been haven't been feeling very good. Haven't done a lot of super cool stuff. So maybe um, I'll just say something that I'm like super grateful for, and that is like, uh, and it was kind of cool. I was able to take care of my my weird boob all over the phone. So I'm really grateful for things like telehealth where I was able to talk to like a registered nurse and then she put me in touch with a doctor who put me in touch with the person that I needed to get my prescription and I didn't have to go anywhere I didn't have to see anybody I could just be a gross sick little goblin all from the comfort of my home Um, and I'm really grateful for that and I also think that's kind of super cool that you know we have access to that kind of health care so that's where yeah. I'm at with super cool. That's good. I'm glad that worked out like that. I wonder, I sort of wonder if it's the same everywhere because for us here, is that 811? That you um, I'm not sure because I just, I just like looked up telehealth and called the thing. Oh, so here in Nova Scotia, we have 811, which is like telehealth, but from my experience so having two kids I've called it multiple times about about you know kid related things it's pretty common um and (laughs) basically after they ask you a whole bunch of random questions almost not almost every single time they're like we can't give you any information about that over the phone you need to book an appointment with your doctor go to emergency I'm like then why did I just spend an hour dealing with this over the phone if every and it could be like anything from a fever to like I don't know they banged their head on something or I you you know like the most random kid related things but every time without fail they're like book an appointment with your doctor or go to emergency and I'm like I'm trying to avoid both of those things which is why I'm calling you yeah which is exactly why I'm calling you Anyway, but it sounds like yours is your system. And I, and I wonder, I haven't called this 811 during COVID. So I don't know if it's always going to be like that. Or maybe, you know, COVID has forced people to step some things up, right? Like, yeah. So and maybe I think it's actually gotten better. 
I think that that's like one of the things. So right off the bat, it was a 16 hour wait for me to talk to a registered nurse. What? Because everything is so crazy right now. Yes. So I called as soon as I woke up in the morning and I noticed things were worse. And then I didn't get a call back until later that evening. Um, but just by virtue of who my family doctor is, like she's in like a health network. She was able to like connect me to a doctor that was on call within that health network. And then the doctor and I talked and then because it was just like a pretty simple infection, um, she wanted me, she's like, can you go to emerge? And I just kind of lied honestly. and was like, I don't really have any way to get there and I don't want to go because of COVID. Um, and they were basically like, okay, well, we'll prescribe you antibiotics. And then if things get worse, like if your temperature goes above this, or if like the infection starts to spread, then you definitely need to go to emerge as soon as possible. Aha. Uh-huh. I see. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, I'm glad they were able to help. We're able to help and that you're feeling somewhat better. Yeah, definitely on the mend. And Celine, what is your super cool for the week? So my super cool is, I think nobody will be surprised by this, but another podcast. So I was not able or I chose not to go to art school. And so I'm always looking for education and I'm just super curious about art history. And so this podcast is called Art curious and they have eight seasons and the host of the show whose name is escaping me at the moment does this really awesome job researching not the normal things that we hear in art history but like the weird unusual odd funny unheard of stories in art history and so I like that twist on it I like that it's maybe things that you're not going to find in the typical art history book. And I also think that she just does a really good job. Like she is a good presenter. She is a good researcher. She puts it together well. And so they're not long. They're usually about 30 minutes or so, but they're just nice, well done to the point and fun and interesting. So I think if you're like me, and you're interested in art history and specifically like weird, wonderful world of art history, you might want to check out that podcast. So once again, Art Curious, and you can get it like Apple Podcasts or wherever they have podcasts. That's so cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. Awesome. Oh, Jade, where's everybody going to find you until we do our next podcast? You can always find me at jadeusakis.com and at Color Worship on Instagram and Facebook. And where can everyone find you, Celine? So I'm always hanging out on Instagram and Facebook at Celine Gabrielle Art. And then my website is also Celine Gabrielle Art.com. And if you guys enjoy our podcast, it would be amazing if you could take a minute or two and go over and leave a five-star review so that we can get bumped up in the ratings and help other people find the podcast too. So that's it for this week. Talk to you next week. All right. See ya. Bye.